Welcome, everybody. This is KYRS 88.1, 92.3 FM, Medical Lake Spokane, and you're listening to Art Hour. I am one of the hosts, Mike Malsom, and we have your other host, Eric Woodard. Today, we are really excited, and uh, it's the first time that we've had a culinary arts chef with us, but uh, we have Travis Twight, head chef at Iron Goat Brewery, and also drummer for a local band uh, named Indian Goat. So, hey, welcome, Travis. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, I got a question for you. I keep calling your band Iron Goat on accident because they both have goat in them. Is that just a coincidence? Uh, no, actually. My parents do that all the time. In fact, I don't know if they really know which one is which. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just too many goats, man. You know, like, it's, but it was totally a coincidence. You know, like I, I, I started working at Iron Goat two years ago, and Indian Goat started in April of uh 2017. I didn't name the band. It was actually called White Goat. Still a goat name, but, uh, <laughs> but that was already taken. So, so we chose Indian Goat, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just a coincidence. But you know, goats are awesome. I like I like goats, so you know, it's cool with me. Oh wow, that's great. Yeah. Well, hey Travis, um, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you um, got started in the uh, culinary arts. Well, I have. I've always really, really liked cooking and, and had an interest in cooking, um, but I, I I didn't really know that that's what I wanted to do professionally. So like I came out of I came out of high school and I had a couple couple buddies that were cooks, and uh, you know I saw them doing pretty well for themselves, and I thought you know I could I could probably do that. And all the jobs that I had had up until that point were all they were all food jobs. I think I worked like one landscaping job one summer and got super sunburned and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I kind of, kind of went here and there with, uh, community college kind of aimlessly or whatever. And, um, it finally just got to the point where I needed something that would, that would keep me interested in, in kind of the end goal for going to, um, going to college or going, you know, going to school after high school. And, uh, you know, I was I was twenty something. I didn't really have that much money, so I knew that if I showed up to culinary school, at least I could eat. So, uh, <laughs> so I mean, that was that was a good incentive. That was a good incentive for me to get up and and you know go do it. And I actually kind of found out that I was pretty good at it. So, um, so that's that's definitely how that started. And that was that was all in Portland, Oregon, and it's just a great place for for anybody that has any interest in food to be and um sort of what spoken is turning into now but um i just i just kind of soaked it all up i loved it it was it was an awesome scene and it was cool to be a part of it so that's that's kind of where that came from so when you were in portland you went to a culinary arts school mm -hmm. what what type of things do you uh do you the curriculum wise that you learn from there, or what did you gain the most by actually going to a culinary arts school as opposed to maybe kind of learning on the job as a, an apprentice or that type of a... You know, I get... I get I get that a lot from from people who are pretty young in the industry. You know, they always want to know like, oh, should you go to culinary school? Like, is that mm -hmm. you know, is that very is that super important for you know for the growth of a chef or whatever? And I would say that that culinary school really just teaches you discipline. It teaches you how to handle yourself around other people that you're working with, and it teaches you how to you know how to just how to you know handle yourself in a kitchen. 
Um, not necessarily going in there every day, learning recipes, learning about different kinds of food, learning different techniques. You know, it does all those things. But I would say primarily it was all about, you know, learning how to say yes, chef, no chef, <laughs> learning how to keep your head down and do your work, you know, not be, you know, whatever, be a problem for anybody kind of. So um, when people ask me that, I would I always tell them that, you know, it's not it's not. Uh, you don't have to go to culinary school. Nobody has to go to culinary school. You would get great training working in a good kitchen under a good chef with a you know a good group. You could you could learn just as much or more doing that, and you not pay the twenty or thirty thousand dollars that it costs to go do it. But you know to get there, people like to see culinary school on your resume, so it could go, it could go either way. I know great cooks who who de- who never went to culinary school, and I know great cooks that did. So I don't know. I I, I really liked culinary school. I wish I could go back. Now you went to high school in Spokane, right? Yeah, yeah. I went to I went to U High for uh, my freshman year, and then uh, I finished the rest of my high school at Central Valley. Uh, I tried to be in just about every every band I could. I wanted to play drums in you know every group. I was in jazz band, concert band, marching band, pet band. <laughs> I was in a couple rock bands, you know. So I just like that's all I did. And CV just had such a great uh, had a great band and a you know a great group of instructors, and that was just. That's where I wanted to be, so I was. Now, how did you end up in Portland after high school? Well, uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, you know, I was eighteen or nineteen, and just I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't want to be in Spokane. Spokane's lame, you know. <laughs> but I quickly found out that it's really not. You know, once you go, once you go really anywhere else, you just kind of realize that Spokane's actually pretty great, and you know, there's there's nothing really to hate on here. So um, I went to Portland because I had some friends that live over there, and I wasn't really doing much here. I think I worked for Pita Pit, and uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Got to so, start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, you know, I I want to I want to go somewhere else. I want to you know go check out somewhere else. And I had some friends that lived over there, and it actually ended up being a very positive move for me. I don't know that I don't know that I would be where I am right now had I not moved to Portland and been away for you know five or six years to to be able to come back to to Spokane with you know a little more knowledge and and a little more direction as far as what I wanted to do professionally. And um, so yeah, I think I think I just went there because I wanted to change the scenery. But it was it was a positive move for sure. Yeah. Well, I moved yeah. away for a couple of years too, and then when you come back, I think that's the that's the time you see your town most clearly. Mm-hmm. Is Absolutely. you know you're not you're not familiar with all these different things. So what did you notice when you came back that maybe you hadn't noticed before? I mean, you said it's there's nothing to hate on here, but what sorts of things did you see? Well, you know, I I had lived in Spokane, you know up until then. And so, I mean, maybe, maybe like you're saying, you know, you leave and then you come back, even though I had, I had already lived here for 19 years, you know, I come, I, I come back and just have like this different appreciation. The biggest thing for me was probably my family. Uh, you know, both of my grandparents live here, both sets of grandparents live here. All my aunts and uncles live here, except for one, both of my parents live here. I mean, everybody's here. And so, you know, when you're gone for that long and you only get to see your family on Christmas or, you know, Thanksgiving or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like really cool to like be back here and like be around my parents and be around, you know, my grandma. And, and, and I'm still like that, you know, my other siblings, one of them lives in Florida and one of them lives in LA. So like, I'm, you know, I'm the only one that that's here that, you know, that can go to stuff. They can go to grandma's birthday and, you know, go over there and mow her lawn and stuff like that. So yeah. No, I agree. That's. A I mean, really that big that deal. was definitely the biggest yeah. thing, and and then there's other things too. I mean, like the, 
just the way that just the way that Spokane has developed um, as being sort of a culinary capital, and mm-hmm. lots of people don't think that it is, but I mean there are there are things that are happening in happening in Spokane that we are getting we're getting grouped in with uh, Portland and Chicago and New York and all these other like super heavy hitter places that have really really good food. Um, so what kind of specifics are yeah. you thinking of for the what's making us a culinary capital? Well, I, it's it's just it's there's there's this uh, there's just this transformation that's happening right now, and I mean it's it's very apparent downtown. And uh, me and Mike were talking about this when we were having coffee, and you know it's just it seems like a lot more people focus on going out to dinner to support to support a chef or to support a guy who lives in Spokane, and to you know spend their money at a at a business that is is run by people that are from Spokane and people who are here and and um, I, I think that's really that's really great you know people would choose to go to uh, Iron Go Brewery or Ruins or Cochinito before they choose to go to a franchised you know really really big restaurant like Olive Garden or something you know and I think like I saw that happening in Portland and I loved it and so like I love it even more that I'm back you know back in Spokane and I have I've you know been for uh five or six years and it's just it's just kept growing and growing and growing I think it's excellent now one thing about Portland when you go there there's that huge food truck culture right yeah uh is that something you think we could do here yeah definitely I mean there's a there was the food truck right across the street from Mootsie's Tacos El Sol right and now they mm-hmm. have a storefront and uh, three ninjas. They yeah. were a food truck. Now they yeah. have a storefront. And I mean, to see to see people, you know, start with the food truck. Because I mean, I think that's that's what pretty much everybody wants that starts a food truck. Well, I mean, eventually, I would think they want a restaurant. But it's such a big investment, such a big yeah. risk to just start, you know, with a, with a storefront like that. So it's cool to see um, see them grow and see people support that and see people, you know, make that a possibility for them. But um, yeah, I mean, we we have. And we've actually already kind of started that in Riverfront Park last year. They were doing the food truck Thursdays. I went down there a few times. It was awesome, mm-hmm. you know. And so th- that's already happening. Yeah, I think that's going to actually expand with that park. Is they're going to where the pavilion is. That's yeah. going to be our food truck area. Yeah, and they were doing be... it last year. It was great. I went down there three or four times. I just ate way too much. <laughs> so coming back from Portland, what was your first chef job here in Spokane? So uh, I. I well actually I lived in Portland and then I lived in Tucson for a year and I worked for a uh, I worked for a private golf club and I was a lead line cook there and so um, we had a lot of members that would live on the golf course or close to the golf course and um, I got to you know know a few of them and st- I started going over to their house to cook dinner for them and started doing a little private catering and stuff like that so when I told them that I was going to move back to Spokane um, I started you know applying places and making sure that I had a job when I got back here, you know? And so I, I could write a uh, lead line cook on my resume. And so I had a, uh, I had a stage at like a working interview. I had a, I had a stage at Luna and I had a stage at wild sage. And so I, I did both of those places and I took the job at wild sage and, um, later became their pastry chef. And I took that job because it was called a pastry chef. I mean, I have no, I had no pastry experience. They taught me, you know, how to cook their, how to cook their pastries and how to do their menu and how to, you know, do it like they do it. And so I did that for, I did that for a couple of years and, um, yeah. And I, I just started working at Iron Go right down the road and now I'm the chef there. So, so you are now the, the lead chef yes. at Iron Goat. Yes. What's that like? Because it's not just the 
cooking part of that. Um, you have a crew you have to deal with. I mean, tell us a little bit about the business of being a head chef. Yeah, and that's that's definitely, I'm still learning how to do that, you know, because um, along with, you know, knowing how to cook and knowing how to keep up consistency uh, in your in your restaurant and make sure, making sure all the plates are the same and making sure everybody's doing, the, doing you know, a good job, you got to, like, learn how to talk to people. And sometimes when, sometimes when things are, when, you know, things are crazy in the kitchen, I'm not really that nice. And, you know, you got to kind of reel it in a little bit sometimes and, and realize that these are, these are other, you know, they're people too. And they're probably just as stressed as I am. And so the, the management side of it is, uh, is tough and I'm, I'm learning new, th- new, new ways to deal with, deal with that every single day. And, uh, and yeah, but I got a great crew. I mean, they, they definitely, uh, they definitely throw it down for me and they're, they're there right now while I'm here on this radio show talking to you guys. about it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, what is the, you know, I guess the, to, in having a good crew, what are all the ingredients, so to speak, that goes into actually having a good crew, the, the teamwork and all of that, what are they, what's necessary? Well, what I, what I really try to do at Iron Goat is, you know, I've, I've got a very dynamic like group of people, you know, everybody, everybody that works for me is kind of, kind of, uh, they, they're all like faceted differently. Right. I've got one guy who's really good at making soup and he normally makes soups. I've got one guy who reads a lot of books. He's got a lot of good ideas. He comes to work and says, Hey, this is, you know, I saw this in a book. It looks really good. Like we should try to do that for a special. So he's my guy for uh, menu development. Mm. You know, I've got, I've got another guy who is, who is really, really fast on pantry and he's really clean. And so he does pantry. I got another guy who's really fast on pizza. So I kind of just have like developed this sort of like aces in their places sort of, way of running my kitchen and and it's good until one of those people wants to quit and then i have to find somebody else who you know can fulfill that spot and that's another thing i've been dealing with i mean the the restaurant industry is notorious for being high turnover Mm -hmm. i mean lots of people have you know things that they deal with and uh working in a kitchen is not always easy so um staffing staffing is another another thing that i kind of had to learn how to do as as a chef and as as people's boss so Things are better now, but um, we're only going to get busier. You know, we got that patio open now, and it's it's going to get it's going to get a lot busier. Yeah, your recipes. Uh, who comes up with the the menu items, and um, do you does your personality have a certain bent towards a combination of flavors that um, kind of puts its stamp for Iron Goat? You know, in terms of its food. Absolutely, I uh, I always try, especially with Iron Goat. I always try and use uh, the beer. I mean, that's, that's one thing that really kind of gears our gears, our menu, right? I mean, I, I try to use that beer as much as I can, uh, to sort of highlight the food and the beer at the same time. Um, but I mean, as, as, as far as, uh, recipes and, um, new plates go, uh, I was just actually at the grain shed yesterday with my sous chef sitting there talking about our menu. Cause, uh, I do a menu for fall and winter and I do a menu for spring and summer. So we're coming up, you know, within the next two or three weeks, I got to put up a, a new revised spring summer menu that's got a little bit lighter food on it. You know, something that's, you know, not not as not as heavy uh, that you would might find on a on a, a winter menu. So um, 
So we go somewhere and we sit down and we have a beer and we talk about it and talk about what we want to do and talk about how we're going to do it and talk about why it's going to be better. And, and so that's, that's how, that's how, you know, that's how the change starts happening. And then, and then after that, it's just, uh, you got to test out all your recipes. You got to make sure that everybody knows how to make them and, you know, that everybody's on the same page when it's time to change. So that's an interesting thing. I've always wondered, how do you, um, test out a recipe is it like a comedian testing out their written material you know oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> totally i mean like i've I, i've i've tested out recipes four or five times in a row and none of them work and it's frustrating you know it's it's you could relate it to a comedian testing out a joke or you know me writing a drum part that i don't like or you know anything anything like that i mean it's a it's definitely a product that you're going to sell to somebody else and they got to like it you got to make sure they like it so you know, sometimes the creativity is not there. Sometimes, you know, we're not really feeling it and you make the same thing four times and you hate it every single time. So you got to try it again the next day. Don't get frustrated. Just, just step back and try it again the next day. So that's kind of my approach when it comes to, comes to putting on new things. But is there a dish or ingredient that just seems to always be a stick in the mud for you? You can't just seem to get it right or it's really hard to deal with and you, and you've just, it's, it's notoriously (laughs) finicky. (laughs) Oh man. So we had a tiramisu, a goat meal stout tiramisu on the menu. And it's, and the thing that kills me is it's my recipe. I wrote the recipe and I had, uh, I had my opener making it for, you know, the past six months and she just left to go work for, uh, Jeremy Hansen at Biscuit Wizard. She was actually down there when we were having coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so after she left, man, I tried to make that tiramisu three different times. And every time I just did something wrong. And this is like, you know what? <laughs> I got to change this dessert. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, that tiramisu got me a few times. But, um, I mean, there's nothing in particular that, that I've, I've ever really tried to tried hard to cook and not been successful doing. Yeah, and I read uh, a couple of interviews with you where you said butter. You can't have too much butter. Oh, uh, yeah. And you love cilantro. I uh, love it. Any yeah. other go-tos that we would say this would be a Travis uh, signature? Um. Yeah, I mean, like fresh pasta. I love every kind of fresh pasta. If somebody has uh, like a pappardelle bolognese on their menu, I'm all over it. Like I love, I love that. Uh, Italia, they do a great job. Uh, hey Jay's out in Liberty Lake. They have on on their menu too. So that's that's definitely definitely one of my favorite things. Oh, and uh, I also make a like a marinated flank steak with chimichurri and shaved radishes. Like a very Spanish style dish, but. That is a go-to for me. I've used it in so many caterings. I, I made it. Uh, I did a catering last weekend for one of my buddies at a baby shower. Made it. Made that dish into tacos. Everybody mm. loved it. Yeah. So I mean, like that. That dish is definitely one that I, I do a lot of. Do you um, do the head chefs? Is this become a territorial thing in terms of recipes, or is it a collaborative community where sometimes you guys actually will share ideas or things like that? Yeah, I've never really understood that, like, oh, no, you can't have this recipe. You're going to go home and cook it and, like, make me lose money. <laughs> that is just, like, so backwards, you know? Like, if, if somebody cares about something that I cooked enough to come up and ask me how to make it, I would be more than happy to show them how to make it and give them the recipe and cook it for them again to show them how I do it, you know? Like, that's just a compliment to me. It's my recipe, yeah. you know? So, um yeah, I just I, I don't I don't really think that like like hoarding information is gonna like make anybody a better chef. I think that um, being supportive and being collaborative and, and sharing ideas with uh, 
with other chefs is is the is the best way to be you yeah. know um we're doing a iron goat beer dinner at cochinito on sunday and this is a perfect example oh. um chef travis over at cochinito uh you know they come in and taste beer and, and um kind of kind of try to plan what they're going to pair with the beer that we have on and so what he'll do is he'll have me make a he'll have me make it's called an amuse bouche it's just like one bite that everybody gets to have before the dinner actually starts. And what's really great about that is I get to go to the dinner and he kind of highlights me as the chef of the place that is supplying the beer. And so everybody gets to have a little bit of what I have, I make, and then I get to sit down and have the six course dinner with our beers. It's great. Now so. does, how does somebody uh, get involved in that? Is that, is that already sold out? Is that something you can just show up to? Uh, it's a ticketed, it's a ticketed event. And, um, if you follow Cochinito, they do. I think they do one like once a month. They're always doing these beer dinners. They did one with Nenkasi, I think. They they've done a couple with Iron Goat. They've done. I've, I know they've done a few other ones too. But they do. Uh, they, yeah, they do tickets, and you can you can call you can call them and buy tickets, or you can go there and buy tickets cool. or whatever. All right. Well, you're listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, eighty-eight point one and ninety-two point three FM. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Woman's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. This is your live and local calendar for Thursday, April 4th to Sunday, April 7th. Thursday, April 4th at the Big Dipper, Zero Theorem, Light and Mirrors, Perfect Destruction, and Undercard. At the Bartlett, Acid Mother's Temple, The Melting Paraiso, and UFO. At the Pin, Ueda, and Wormwitch. At the Checkerboard, Grizzly and Noise with Cutlass, Young JG, Levi, and more. Friday, April 5th, at Zola, Rewind. At the Pin, Wix, Roddy Adams, Anth Music, and Tyler Rose. At the Bartlett, Walking Papers, and Indian Goat. At Downtown Spokane Library, First Friday Songcraft with Vanna O. Saturday, April 6th, at the Knitting Factory, Still Pulse. At the Red Room Lounge, All Things Blue, Kate, and Ray Badness. At the Pin, Dusty Cloud with McPhee, B2B, Grant Ekdahl, and more. Sunday, April 7th, at Zola, Lazy Love. Live and local calendar receives support from the Big Dipper, an all-ages live music venue located at 171 South Washington Street in downtown Spokane. And we have some public service announcements for you. You can support KYRS by drinking coffee. Every first Monday of the month, KYRS gets 10% of the proceeds at Cafe Affogato. Uh, Cafe Affogato is located at 19 West Main. Information at 509-868-0011. Also, KYRS presents An Evening with David 
Barsamian, host of Alternative Radio, Tuesday, April 16th at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Unitarian Church. $10 general admission, $5 for students with ID. There are a limited number of tickets for a pre-event reception with David, which includes an autographed book and reserved seat to the event. All proceeds benefit KYRS, sponsored by the Washington chapter of the Progressive Democrats of America and Spokane Veterans for Peace. Tickets and information at KYRS.org or call 747-3012. That's David Barsimian, April 16th at the Unitarian Church. And finally, the annual Spokane River Run will take place Sunday, April 28th at Rivers- Riverside State Spark. Riverside State Park. This is a family-friendly trail run. The run is organized by volunteers from the Garfield Elementary Apple Program. Information available at SpokaneRiverRun.com. Oh, good job, Mike. I can tell by the way you pronounced uh, David Barsamian's name that you're a huge fan. <laughs> Called out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not cool. That's not cool. Uh, hey, on the live and local, Travis, we heard uh, Walking yeah. Papers and Indian Goat. Uh, I mentioned right at the start, you're in the band Indian Goat. It has a couple records out. Mm-hmm. Uh, when's that show? Tell us about the show. Tell us about Walking Papers. Tell us about what we'll see. So uh, the show is at the Bartlett on Friday of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we are headlining the show. Walking Papers are opening, and uh, they kind of did that on purpose. They know that we pull a good crowd, and they want you know they want the crowd to be there when they play. But they're a Seattle band. Uh, they're awesome. We actually played with them at um, Alan Stone's private gig that he does out mm-hmm. in Liberty Lake. So we met the dudes there. They're like really cool. They're really supportive. Awesome rock band. Um, they're they're always touring. I think when uh, when I met them, they were opening up for Alice in Chains, which is pretty awesome. One of my favorite bands, and so um, it was supposed to happen that that we were going to open for them, or they were going to open for us at the Bartlett, and then we were going to go open for them at some venue in Seattle. But you know, things got things got you know kind of kind of messed up somehow. Like I had I had a work thing, or Garrett had a work thing. I don't know. We just couldn't do it. So we're gonna we're gonna catch them on the next run and hopefully hit a few spots with them on their on their next tour. But uh, yeah, the t- the show's tomorrow night at the Bartlett. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. I so can't wait. How long has the band been around? Indian uh, Goat. Indian Goat started in April of 2017. So we're almost two, almost two mm-hmm. years old. And uh, you've gotten pretty popular pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, and, and that was kind of that was kind of due to like how we how we kind of did everything before we started playing shows. Like Garrett and I practiced a lot before we ever played uh, played a live gig. And when we did play a live gig, we made sure we had merch, we had a CD, we had you know we had all of our ducks in a row before we actually went and hit a stage. And we did, and people were like, "Holy crap!" And, and that, that coupled with the fact that Garrett was already in, you know, he played for Blackwater Prophet. He was, you know, front man for Blackwater Prophet, also a super popular Spokane band. Also they're, they're doing a, they're doing a show in May. I so, saw that. Yeah, yeah. So if you remember Blackwater, go watch them. I'll be there. It's going to be super fun. So Eric, I think we've got uh, some, actually some music there and, See if we can use this technology. It's the first time we've done this. Yeah, so, so we're going to do this. So this is... Uh, if Britney it, Spears comes out, then you'll know what was actually <laughs> next on Mike's playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Eric. Okay, so <laughs> this is uh, Black Pearl by Indian Goat. 
That was Indian Goat. What was the name of that song? That was Black Pearl. Black Pearl. Okay, yeah. now when I hear that, I hear the slide. Is that a drop D you're playing there too? Where yes. you're getting down? Okay. Yeah. So uh, what what uh, what sort of bands influenced you when you were writing these songs? Um Well, I've I've always really been very classic classic rock. You uh-huh. know, we both we both really like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and uh you know stuff like that so uh, there's a little blues in there that you heard the slide mm-hmm. i mean that's that's kind of kind of zeppelin-y i guess you know and then and you know garrett's got his own and i've got i've got a few of my own that you know he doesn't really listen to i'm really into primus and that kind of comes through on my drumming a little bit or i've been told i don't know but um but yeah in, uh, just the the way that we we the way that we make those songs is so simple and so easy you know for a for a two-piece band Garrett will come up with like a with like a riff and then we'll just play that we'll just play that riff and then we'll figure out a second part and we'll you know for a vert or yeah for a for a chorus or whatever and so then we have pretty much half the song done right there we you know mix up the order put in a bridge put in a little solo or something there's a song you know it's it is one of the most organic ways of writing music that I've ever been a part of. Like he's just full of ideas all the time. And, um, I, I really just try and play with him as, as best as I can when he's hitting dead strokes on his strings, I'm trying to hit ghost notes on my snare drum, you know, to follow him. And, and it just kind of makes this music that's really fun to listen to. I mean, it's like very simple rock and roll, but like even, even somebody who isn't musically inclined at all can totally follow what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and you know, the it's, he's, he's really good at writing lyrics. He's just, he's just, you know, an awesome, an awesome bandmate, you know? Well, weirdly. And when you mentioned the bands that you were influenced by, when you mentioned Primus and Zeppelin and something, yeah. I mean, when I think of those bands, there are a lot of times that they're songs you couldn't really bounce your head to. Yeah. And as mm-hmm. you listen to these songs, I mean, like you say, anybody who, even if they don't know much about music, they can come in and it's almost, I don't want to say danceable, but it's certainly bounceable. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> bounceable. So, you know, I, I really I really like that the music is simple like that. You know, I'm not a super technical drummer, you know, especially playing behind Garrett who plays out of, you know, like two giant amps. I pretty much just, you know, hit them hard and hit them where I'm supposed to. And that's Indian Goat. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's it. Would there be any... Uh, correlation between that keeping it simple hitting everything where it's supposed to be and your your philosophy of cooking keeping it simple yeah definitely and i uh i actually just that's that's a perfect question because i just got <laughs> asked that about 10 days ago you know there are so many things that i relate cooking in a restaurant to playing a show right you know when it's when it's five o'clock or five thirty and the brewery's filling up and it's almost time for dinner service and we're prepped up and everybody's had seven cups of coffee <laughs> and it's just it's a performance like you're we've got an open kitchen everybody can see me back there everybody can see my line cooks and it's go time you know just like it's go time when you know we get up there and uh, they put the lights on you and say play your play your show you know it's it's a performance and when bad things happen you gotta you gotta like recover and you got to know what to do the show must go on as they say like you gotta you gotta overcome you gotta be able to recover when things things happen so that's awesome well speaking of performances you've had two kind of uh unrelated sort of ones you were in a contest recently and you won 
Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's we cool. Were, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. That was that was an excellent day for us. You know, like, and it was really funny how that happened too because uh, I saw their I saw them advertising for the Chef Battle on Facebook, and I didn't know anything about it. I've never heard of it, but uh, my aunt tagged me on their on their advertisement and said something like, "Hey, are you gonna are you gonna do this competition?" And I replied to her and I said something like, oh, yeah, I, you know, if I'm invited, I'll totally I'd happily participate. And the people putting on the event replied to my comment with like, hey, this is how you sign up. You should sign up kind of thing. So I did. And uh, I submitted everything that I needed to. And I called them and I, I, I just bugged them as much as I could because I wanted to know like what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. I wanted to make sure I was ready. And I think if every other chef did that, they might have had a little better chance but like i cared about it like i wanted to win i wouldn't have signed up if i didn't want to win you know so we went in there and we won and my parents were there and my grandparents were there and they all got to see me in front of all those other people what did you have to do to i mean what was the criteria that would separate a winner from let's say you know taking fourth well the way so it was two rounds and you had uh you had like all your stuff ready to cook first round. Like, I mean, you brought it all there, like, and you had to cook it all there. And, uh, it was, it was already submitted, like what you were going to serve for your first, for your first round thing. And then you kind of got left up to like a voting thing, people's choice or whatever. Excuse me. And they, uh, they chose the, the top three that were the most popular. And what did you cook in the first round? So the first round I made these little street tacos that, uh, they had um, it was like charred tortilla, and then I made like a like a tikka masala curry. They had it was vegetarian, had coconut milk and a bunch of good spices, and and just a bunch of potatoes, hmm. a bunch of Yukon potatoes like in there. And I made the, I made the sauce super thick so that it wouldn't run out of the taco when you try to eat it. And then we did this uh, we did this quick pickle slaw, uh, like cabbage and carrot and daikon radish slaw on the top for some acidity mm. and some crunch and then we did uh fried garlic that we got at the um at the asian market and then we did uh micro nasturtium leaves on top of that that we got from ace of spades farm uh local local farmers in spokane and people just loved it i mean like they i still hear about that <laughs> you know so have you put them on the menu at iron goat or thought about it <laughs> i haven't i haven't yet but um we got crave event coming up this year and one of the uh and that's in that's in july and so we we participate that in every every year i love the crave event it's so it's so fun um but uh there's a world food day for that and so i think mm. i'm going to do those and you know because i want people to come through my line and be like oh yeah like i, I had this at chef battle you know so so we anyway we did that taco thing for the first round and we won and or, then, like we were you know we were voted in or whatever and so I was I was super excited about that and then you had two you had two items that you could bring to help your second round play but it was like a black box kind of like chopped like you mm-hmm. didn't know mm-hmm. you didn't know what else you had to cook with so I had uh, sockeye salmon and I had heavy cream because I didn't think they'd have either of those and I wanted to make sure that my protein was going to be my protein so I had the salmon and I had the cream. And they had this big table of a bunch of bunch of produce and whatnot. So after we after we knew that we were going to the final round, me and my two guys went over to the table and sat there and wrote down everything that was on it. And then we had a meeting. It's like, okay, you guys saw what's on the table. What are we going to do? We have to figure this out right now, you know, because we had an idea, but we didn't know what was going to be there, what was not going to be there. So we used what we had, and uh, I did like a cauliflower puree on the bottom, pan seared salmon. Uh, avocado salsa verde on top of that ginger lamper blanc and uh fresh dill on the top and that won it that that plate won it and so now um 
we're going to Anaheim in November to do regional competition. Oh, wow. Right so right then well, regional, then a national thing after yeah, that. Yeah, and if we make that, then we're going to New York in 2020 to do a national competition. So Now, is this the trip that they pay for? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man. Man. Here we go. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. I wonder if there's any music venues down there, and maybe uh, I think they have one or two. Uh, yeah, yeah one there's or a couple. Two. I think. Yeah, maybe one or two. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm noticing this pattern. This is really interesting, and I don't want to psychoanalyze you here, but I, I'm noticing that you are a real preparer. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to school instead of kind of doing it on the fly. Uh, you prepared. You had all your merch set up. You had your CD set up. Uh, you had you you thought ahead um, uh, in, in what you were going to do bringing the stuff there you had a little planning yeah. meeting uh so I, I i mean i don't have a question there no uh, i could talk about i could <laughs> talk about that though man like so once so once a month uh i will write down 30 things that i want or that would like make my life better or easier or p- progress myself somehow you know even if it's just like cleaning my apartment or whatever something as little as that but you know, a great example, and there's something to be said about writing down something that you want. And people people can, you know, give it weight or give it not, you know, not give it weight, but I believe in it 100%. I've got one of those black and white composition books that you can get at any grocery store for about a dollar. And those things are the best way to manifest something that comes out of your brain into reality. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. And... Um, a month before Chef Battle, after I decided I was going to do it, I wrote down when Chef Battle 2019. That was one of those things that was on the on that list, and I won it. And the first thing I did was open my backpack and get that thing out and cross <laughs> it off, man. And it was just it was just the most satisfying yeah. thing that I've ever done, you know. And my parents got to watch me do that. So so that that is how I kind of stay organized mentally and 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 not not get overwhelmed because when you have a lot of things to do you know like i i always have something to do i always have somewhere to go i always have a a dinner i gotta do i got a a show i gotta play it can get it can get overwhelming you know and so i do that i write it down i mentally prepare myself and then i and then I act on it physically and, and, and go do it. Well, honestly, I mean, I've been in both of the industries you've been in, too. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but there are a lot of people who are kind of flakes mm-hmm. about it. Uh, you know, musicians don't show up. They don't bring their gear, whatever yep. else. And really, the the bar for success, I think, at least the first success is pretty low. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just it's good to see. And I, I mean, I tell my daughters that all the time. You know, if you if you prepare for success, that sort of stuff happens. So yeah. I think that's really cool. Now you got yeah. something else we were talking about. So you had the the chef battle that you won in mm-hmm. November. You said in yep. Anaheim. Yeah, we're going to Nove- we're going to Anaheim in November to do the to do the regional contest. I don't know anything about it though, so they're going to start getting phone calls from me if they don't tell me what's up. <laughs> I, got know, like, plan, I got a plan. Yeah, <laughs> I got to figure out what it's I'm going to do. It's uh, <laughs> on yeah, my yeah. I already thing wrote it. Wrote down. <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah, we're 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 doing that and then uh what what was it? Oh yeah, we we just uh we're going to talk about the single that Indian Goat recorded with with Jimmy Hill over at Amplified Wax. Uh we did that uh not last weekend but the weekend before that we had one studio session with him. I mean, I think we showed up at nine o'clock and we left at about 7:30 and we worked on one song all day long. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> I love the song, and it's our song. But I mean, I heard it about five hundred. Sick of it, right? <laughs> yeah, I heard it about five hundred <laughs> times that day, and it was so. It, we, but we got it done, and Jimmy did such a good job. He's so meticulous and just so professional, and you can just tell he's he's done that thing, you know, just like a thousand times. He knows exactly like how to 
how to set you up and how to like make sure that you're going to be, you're going to sound good. Mm -hmm. But, um, we got the, we got the track done and, uh, Garrett and I went over to garage land after that. So we could have a couple beers because I mean, we've been recording all day long. So I walk in and they're playing, uh, they're playing band on the run by wings. And I was just like, I was, I was like, I've never been so happy to hear this. song. <laughs> and it's a great, it's a great tune. It's a great tune. But it's like, oh, I've heard, I've heard our song. Like that's the only song I've heard all day. It's like, Oh, this that, is awesome. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. That's one thing I've noticed from recording that, after you've written and recorded songs and you've been in the studio and done all that stuff, you gain an appreciation for music that you didn't appreciate before. Did you find that? Yeah, absolutely. That you realize, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it was. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, maybe maybe not so much with a two-piece band. You know, I've got to lay down a drum track and that's pretty much that's pretty much my contribution. Other than that, you know, I got to get Garrett some water when he's... <laughs> recording lyrics but you know like that's my 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 percentage of contribution is pretty low but i saw yeah i definitely see what you're saying well and i just went through when i started doing that because i didn't start really recording until much later in my life i wasn't young mm -hmm. and i i you know when you're young you're so, you kind of define yourselves by the bands you don't like yeah right you're so you're so kind of snooty about it yeah and then i just decided when i turned 40 i was going to go back and try to re-listen to bands that i didn't like before and wow i sure liked a lot more bands than i thought it really does i I mean, and I notice professional musicians do that too. They like everything. Yeah. Uh, so I, th I thought that was really cool. Do we have that? Uh, I th well, we, we have. have song? I don't know. Do we have this on air? There was one song we talked about we were going to do off of this, which is Dead Wrong. Yeah. Is this, okay. And this is the new single? No, that's the, the new re the new single's not released yet because we're going to release it on a on a 45. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we got a, we got a clear vinyl that it's going to be on one side, oh and the gosh. reverse side is the. Indian Goat logo, so we're we're gonna release it on that vinyl through uh, Corporate Records, our our record label, and then we're also gonna do a music video for it. So um, we've got the song done, but it's not gonna be released for a couple months. Well, the cool. the pressing takes forever, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because you have to do the test pressing mm -hmm. and then listen to it, and uh, yeah, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, so it's gonna be a little bit. I mean, we're we're shooting for you know middle middle of the summer. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, let's give her a shot. This is Dead Wrong by Indian Goat.
That was India Goat, and the title of the song was? That was Dead Wrong. Dead Wrong. Yep. Okay, awesome. And you've got a single coming out in the next couple of months. Yep. Uh, we've only got about four minutes left, so I want to run down all the stuff that you're involved in so people know how to come find you, people know how to come hear you, all that stuff. you got a show coming up tomorrow at the Bartlett. Yes, we got a show at the Bartlett tomorrow. We've, I mean, we've got a ton of shows coming up. Uh, we're playing. We just, got, we just got signed on for Cannonball in Brown's Edition. Um, I mean, we just got, we've got a handful of shows coming up in, in the next few months. Um, on top of that, you know, I was talking about Crave. I'm going to be at every single day of Crave, uh, all three days. Um, we're going to have a beer dinner at Iron Goat, uh, next month. For people month. who don't know Crave, could you explain that to people? Yeah. Crave is like a, Craven is a, is a food event out in Spokane Valley where a bunch of local chefs and, uh, you know, breweries and distilleries and wineries and um all that kind of stuff we all we all just kind of come together and celebrate food and celebrate um just eating and drinking and so you buy a ticket and you come in and you get to have what everybody's cooking that day and it's just really fun and when is that that is going to be on july 12th 13th and 14th and i only know that because i'm doing all three days and the next day is my birthday and i'm not working so (laughs) 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 on on, on the sunday there so yeah um yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a ton of a ton of cooking stuff coming up. I've got uh, a ton of band stuff coming up. 
Um, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a segment on KHQ where they took me out to eat. I just filmed that last Tuesday, and uh, so that'll be airing pretty soon. Where did they take you out to eat? Um, I chose to go to Ferguson's uh, on Garland. It's my favorite diner. I go there about once a week, and then we went to Park Lodge, which is a fine dining restaurant in Kendall Yards. They do an excellent job. I love them. So, and what do you love to get when you're at those places? Uh, so I always get the Sonnenberg sausage and biscuits and gravy at uh, at Ferguson's for breakfast. Health food. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know I'm all about it. <laughs> and then uh, at the at, at Park Lodge, I I have never had something there I didn't like. I always try to get something different. They're always they they run kind of a smaller menu, but it's all very inventive. It's all very nice, uh, very very high end food. So I mean I'm always just blown away every time I go there. They just they just do such a good job. So. So yeah, anything last on your um, your little notebook oh, yeah. that what? you would like to cross off here, uh, either short term or midterm, long term? Uh, not really, man. Like I'm, I'm so just like so happy where I am right now, and so happy with uh, like the progression that my life has taken in the past year and a half. Um, I just want to keep it going. I mean, I gotta, I gotta ride this wave as long as I can. And when it's done, that's cool. If it keeps going for however much longer, that's cool too. But, um, I just, I just want to just keep cooking and keep drumming and keep, um, you know, being me. <laughs> and well, that, he, that's an interesting question that you asked me. I do want to know what, do you remember the, one of the last things you've written in that, in that black binder? Uh, <laughs> I'm just curious about that. Like what sorts of things do you write down in there? Um, well, it's, it, it, it could be anything, you know, it's, it's stuff like, like make myself read a book, make, you know, uh, make sure I go out. Like I, I mentioned mowing my grandma's lawn. I do that. I do that once a week, you know, it's just like these things that like, it's like, okay, I got to make sure I do this and it, but it's not all, it's not all related to, to cooking. Or From anything. an organizing perspective though, do you put all of your long-term and short-term in, in the same list? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. it's interesting. Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. Cause you know, it's easy to just, if you just do an easy one, you're like, yes, I got something yeah, done. Okay. Even if it's an easy one. So yeah. just like making the bed, that's the first thing I want to <laughs> get done. And at least I did one thing productive. Yeah, like, I got that. That's good enough. <laughs> Anything you'd want to say to your uh, excellent staff that you have there at uh, Iron Goat? We were about ready to wrap her up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, everybody that I am in contact with, professionally or not, um, they are all lights in my life and all make doing what I do even more enjoyable than it already is. You know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts for both things, music and food. And, uh, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without them. So, um, every photographer, every line cook, every venue owner, every chef, every, every one of those people that's involved some way, you know, thank you. Keep doing it. Keep on keeping on. You make it, you make it fun to be a drummer and be a, be a chef in Spokane. Well, Travis, thank you so much for coming. It was really nice to meet you. It was really nice uh, hearing about all the cool things you got going on. And I just appreciate everything that you've done today. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.